to another episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. My name is Adam Rogers, and alongside me, as always, is co-host Steve Mez. If it's your first time listening, this podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been following the Blaney Racing family for two decades, and Team Blaney itself has been offering news notes and analysis to fans on social media since 2014. So go ahead and pull those belts tight and hang on as we throw the green flag on our recap of Ryan Blaney's run in the Xfinity 500 at Martinsville Speedway. Steve, I don't know. It's one of those weeks where, for a variety of reasons, speechless, emotional, roller coaster, awesome, not awesome. I don't know. <laughs> so many different ways to describe Ryan's race specifically, the race as a whole, boring. There were parts that were, were kind of boring. Yeah. Um, I think it was bookended. I think the race itself, the beginning of the race was good. First stage was good middle eh, was like what we saw in the spring and then uh the end went off uh with a bang yeah, with a bang yeah <laughs> I would say there was you know there was uh, all the emotions right and uh, this this the the stages of grief you know the grieving that happened but the reality is, is you get to this part of the year and it, you know you get to this race you know one before the cutoff for the final four and it's going to go one of two directions you know and they had pretty much had to win it i mean i did a i did a facebook live earlier in the weekend there was a point situation but as the race played out the 11 car took care of that making yep. it really really hard to pass him the um the, the 24 car did not and you know, the 24 car kind of gave him some hope uh, to do a points uh, battle but uh you know as the stages went got some stage points but like i said it came down to having to win and you were in that hole, you knew what you had to do and you got close to it. So you, you know, it was exciting because of all that. And there was a shot even at the end of the race and last lap or two, anything could have happened. Um, so you, you, you do the best you can with that. Um, and to get this far into the season, to get down to the last race and have that shot at it. Uh, that's all you can ask for at that point. Um, you know, hope that you could point yourself in, hope that you could win. Um, but uh, being there consistently year after year now, that's going to be the key. Get to that final eight, have what you need, and, and get to the final four, have a shot at championship. And, uh, the, you know, the future's bright. This is a new car. This is a new season with the car. And everybody was learning with the car. And um, the team did a really good job. For being the, the only team in the playoffs without a win, um, you got really close, you know. So I, I'm not totally disappointed. Um you know, we saw so much great drama getting this far, yep. <laughs> so many great moments getting this far. So that's part of what you think, well, there's what's, what's one more, you know, unfortunately the guy who's even better at the drama, uh, the 20 car, <laughs> he decided he's going to do it again. And then he did. So, um, you know, kudos to them for, for, for executing, uh, th their pit stops and everything where they need to be. So, uh, but, uh, you know, I can't be totally disappointed with the season as a whole, you know, and uh it's a pretty good race to recap really With, yeah uh, a lot of a lot of bright moments and like what i would say what i like to say is you know this is this is big time auto racing these mm -hmm. are the best stock car drivers in the world 
Um, you know, Ryan Blaney's proven over the last, you know, couple of years and a couple of times where he's made it this far, you know, top eight, one of the eighth best, eight best drivers in the world in this series. Um, obviously the three wins last year were incredibly encouraging. As you said, went into this year, brand new car, brand new crew chief by mid season, by the end of the season, nearly an entirely different pit crew than they started the year off with, um, so it was a season of change and a season of excitement. Um, a lot, tons of drama, uh, tons of survival mode. Um, they definitely kept us on our toes this, this whole way through. So um, we have lots to talk about um, Ryan stuff and then maybe not some non Ryan stuff. Mm-hmm. So let's do it. Let's just jump into this recap uh, that we've been waiting for of the Xfinity 500 at Martinsville. Yeah. So uh, Saturday we did qualifying real quick here. Group A. And he waited a couple minutes to go out. Um, you explained that uh, via text to me there because they were waiting to rubber up the track a little bit. Yeah, it's like they didn't want to run out there because the you know kind of what they were, the TV folks were saying was the first guys out on the track were probably going to set the fastest times like real fast. And the way that the the twelve team works is they want to see uh, and the reason why they run so many laps all the time and two is they want to see what the car is going to be like in close to race conditions as possible. Mm-hmm. So this, as this weekend goes on, I mean, you had modifieds that were out there, I think on Thursday night, mm-hmm. uh, you had the Xfinity cars that were out there putting rubber down on the track. And then by the time cup, uh, practice and qualifying was going to be done, there's going to be a decent amount of rubber out there on the track. So, yeah. um, they waited till at least there was some rubber out there. And then as you'll talk about here, actually yeah. turns out to be one of the, the, yeah, the at I least mean, the fastest cars in the group he was in. Yeah. 13, it was his 13th lap on the track. He, he set the fast, his fastest lap, which tells you a lot too, you know, got a rhythm going. And then all of a sudden, you know, it was like and, fastest lap, fastest five lap average, 10 lap average. It was like, they were like sweeping the board, at least for most of the, the practice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, they were talking about uh, every 10 laps or so they asked them for a temperature check. So they must've been doing something with the brake ducts there just to kind of make sure that the brakes were getting proper heat to them. Um, it ran 48 laps and then group B comes out and the 11 car, uh, does a faster lap than Ryan by 0.001. <laughs> so not much there, but like I said, all the averages held up. Um, and, uh, you know, Ryan goes out for qualifying. He went out 15th and, uh, he ended up, uh, fifth fastest. So he made the, made the, uh, the pole qualifying and that in group a, so that ends up being the first guy to go out and, um, puts a time up that, uh, ends up being fourth best, which is really, really good considering, you know, some of the other guys are gonna have more time to cool their stuff down. Um, and, uh, you know, the five gets the pole, the nine was, uh, was second there. The 14 ends up third uh, to start to start the race. Uh, the 41 end up fifth. Uh, the sixth was sixth. The 99 was seventh. Uh, we got the uh, four car was eighth. The one end up ninth, and uh, the 21 was tenth for, for pole qualifying. So, really good job by the you know the 21 team. And uh, a couple guys ended up having to start way in the back. And uh, the Hamlin and the and the twenty four right twenty four car and that was amazing because the twenty four car was all the way back like it was the twenty fourth or twenty fifth and just didn't and, see that happening you know and they, that's the car that went to victory lane in the spring yeah so this track so yeah. when um, we did the preview last week so I'm talking about checking things off the list of what they needed to do to make the championship four 
one of the big things you said last week was qualifying the top five. Yeah. So immediately check. Check. Yeah. You know, so uh, we get to Sunday um, stages of 130, 260, and then of course 500, uh, nine sets of tires, fuel run of 170 to 180 laps, which, you know, you wouldn't normally think of happening at Martinsville, but there were some situations where it kind of got close to almost something like that happening. Um, chose pit stall number 30, uh, open in front of him and the 16 behind him. So you knew we weren't going to have to deal with anybody most of the day. Um, the leader of the five took the top for the, for the initial start. So I thought that's great. Cause it, you know, it helped that lane get started a little bit. Um, you know, Roger comes on with some encouragement right at the beginning there. Um, and early on he was racing with the nine car for second, but, um, at lap three, he goes to third to, to get in that low lane, um, kind of, you know, as things spread out at uh, lap 15, Josh, Jonathan discuss, uh, how the car fired off. And then, um, but lap 20 is in third and by lap 25, we get to start getting some lap traffic and that makes a big difference too. Cause, uh, you can look at timing and scoring for a while, but you'll notice the gaps change as traffic happens because some guys um, do a better job or, or or have a better car at passing some of this lap traffic. And uh, you may gain on them a little bit, but then lose it as you try to pass that lap traffic. Um, lap 43, the 14 does pass him. So he gets to uh, fourth at that point. And he's talking about no rear drive. And he's only about two seconds back of the lead at that point. But, uh, uh, by lap sixties and fourth and, um, lap 70, the nine passes the five for the lead. And, uh, at this point he's only one second back of the lead. So once again, uh, the lap traffic start happening, the five started losing a little bit there and the nine gained on it. Um, at lap 75, Ryan tells him he's way too loose. Uh, the 41, and the six actually passed Ryan. And it looked to me like the 41 punted him. That is, uh, yeah, the 14, actually, when the 14 got by him the first time, the 14 used the bumper to get past Ryan. Mm -hmm. When the 41, his teammate, comes by, almost took him out. Uh, If you're familiar with what Ty Gibbs did in the Xfinity race, honestly, it looked pretty pretty, uh, similar Similar. because Ryan shot up the track. He stayed out of the wall, thankfully. But um, I was like, wow, the the Stuart Haas guys came to play speed-wise, but also Mm -hmm. – they aren't afraid to use the bumper. And one thing that you see during this race and that they mentioned with the next gen car is that the little taps that you used to be able to do to get a guy loose at Martinsville and go by people were trying to do that. in the spring race didn't work at all. Mm-hmm. They pretty much discovered that you almost have to drive through somebody to yeah. get that similar move wiggled. just because of the grip in these cars. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so the 41 did that. And I think I, I don't usually tweet things like that. I think I tweeted from the account, like yeah, they need to keep that one in the memory bank for mm-hmm. later on the race. So it didn't, didn't yeah. really come to fruition, but um, I wasn't too excited about it at the, at the moment. Yeah. At the uh, lap 80, the 11 passes. So he's back to seventh um, and only three seconds back at the leader, the nine car um, at lap 100. I got here only 21 cars on the lead lap. And uh, the 24 is 20th at that point. So he's looking to go a lap down. Um, lap 120, the 11 is battling the nine for the lead. So the 11 drove his way up through there. Uh, lap 125, um, the 20 passes Ryan and he's an eighth. And at lap 130, the 11 wins the stage. Ryan is eighth, and the 24 ends up being the lucky dog. So he did get lapped. Um, lucky dog is not necessarily a great thing, it puts him no. back on the lead lap, not but a short track but it puts them at the tail on the longest line when they do start. So um, one thing I, I want to say about yeah. the racing here at this mm-hmm. point, 
I was, and I wasn't necessarily excited with the position Ryan was in. Yes, he just got some stage points here. Uh, that was going to be our next check mark was to get some some points in the stages here. This one wasn't that great with where he finished. Yeah. Uh, the racing though, I was very encouraged uh, overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, the track was taking rubber, which it didn't take any rubber in the spring. People were passing. I mean, the eleven car came from deep in the field to the lead. Um, the nine was able to get past the five at one point when they were battling for the lead. They'd lapped, you know, like you said, up to 20th or 21st place there. Um, so cars were passing, rubber was going down, the racing was actually pretty good. So at this point, I was like, okay, you know, it's still not, you know, we're not four cautions in like we normally would be, but it was still a pretty decent race. And Ryan did okay. Um, so yeah, now, it, now it, this, I mean, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't the best. So I was, I was like, okay, well, that's what I'm starting to think like the points, especially with the 11 winning the stage. I think we kind of both knew at that point, you know, we're nearing must win territory territory. Yeah. So, um, uh, Ryan asked for two to three numbers tighter. Um, and Jonathan talks about air pressure and chassis adjustment. They go in eighth, come out eighth. So they hold serve on the first one. Um, they, uh, they, the 14 gets a penalty here and this puts the 14 tail end of the longest line too. So Ryan's up to seventh and, um, the leader takes the 11 takes the bottom. Ryan takes the, uh, the bottom also here for the restart lap 150. <clears throat> well, lap 150, it's pretty quiet. Um, he's 3.65 back of the leader. Cause things just kind of sorted out there on that restart. And, uh, by lap 170, no one was really able to pass. Um, and there's only 18 cars in the lead lap and the 24 is 17th. The 14 is 18th. And like I said, they were till end. So they had to pass cars that were already a lap down just to try to get away from the leader. Uh, when he did show up, um, and I got a lap one ninety here. The eight car leaves the race. Um, I didn't follow up on this, but, uh, it looked like he had some sort of medical issue. Yeah, it was a little bit of a kind of a scary situation. He came over the radio and started letting the team know, hey, I'm not feeling well. You know, is there anybody here? Uh, I think Richard Childress was saying, is there anybody here? An Xfinity driver, you know, mm-hmm. anyone, truck guy or not, like somebody. Yeah. Um, I think his crew chief came on and said, like, you know, nobody can fit in the car because, you know, just the, you know, the his stature seat, of yeah, the his seat and everything. Small. So, but yeah, Tyler, I mean, they initially said, I think it was Jordan Bianchi reported that, uh, somebody on the inside said Tyler hadn't been feeling well since his crash at Homestead. Um, now keep in mind his Homestead crash was a head on crash. It wasn't backing mm-hmm. into the fence. Um, but as far as we know right now, Tyler did, did radio today and he put out a statement uh, basically saying yeah, he didn't feel well. He was evaluated in the care center and they gave him like a neurological test that he passed there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has said he's going to monitor. He's feeling, he says he's feeling better, but he's going to monitor it through the week and they, they NASCAR is having him go back for follow-ups to make sure that everything's okay. That's uh, before that, the, the one thing that was good to see with all the drama uh, with that team and between Tyler and, and Richard, you know, Richard came off the, the hauler real fast. He was the first one to the car, talked to Tyler real quick, you know, gave him, you know, kind of a bear hug and patted him on the back. And it was just one of those things where I think the, I don't know how well the, the fences are being mended there, but it does seem like, you know, in the end, you know, you know, Richard cares about his driver and yeah. the cool thing on the radio, if you, they've, there's also a video of the radio traffic is the spotter and the crew chief keep saying your health 
it matters more than the race. Like mm-hmm. he, they said, don't put yourself in a bad position, you know, care about your health. And that's when I think Tyler said, he's going to pull it to the garage. So yeah, kind of a scary thing just with everything that's been going on. Uh, but another step in the right direction, I think in this modern era of drivers actually stepping up and I mean, they're putting a lot on the line by doing it, but um, stepping up and actually acknowledging like when they, f- they feel like something's wrong. So hopefully Tyler will be okay and we'll be able to race at Phoenix, but if not, uh, we'll see. But as of right now, on a Monday night, uh, he still seems like he's going to be a go. Mm-hmm. At um, lap 200, we're in seventh at this point, and lap 210 here, they're battling the sixth car for the sixth position. Um, Ryan said he can't really complete the pass. Um, this was a battle. <laughs> yeah. And I always think about anytime he does battle Keselowski like this, and I always wonder, I'm like, what Ryan thinks, because, you know, one, they are former teammates, but also this is the guy that gave you your shot. Mm-hmm. Um so it's like how I don't know how many years need to go by to where like that, you know, that doesn't matter anymore. But I think maybe Kozlowski was I mean, I don't know he gave him a couple of shots when, <laughs> when they were winning. but it yeah. was a pretty physical battle for position. But Ryan, as you'll say, he, he eventually kind of relents. So, yeah, um, lap 215, the 11 car laps, the 14 and the 24 and uh, 16 cars on the lead lap at that point. Um lap the lap 230 he's still battling with the six here and they were trying to use like the 77 and 31 as like a pick you know uh he does complete the pass at that point um but he's four seconds back of the of fifth place which is the 20 car now there's only what 30 laps left in the stage at this point and um by lap 247 he's uh gained a second he's uh 2.2 actually he's gained yeah, got some, got some yeah. clean air and, yeah, once, and made and up a lot of time. He made up on the ground. Uh, lap 260, the 11 does win the stage here. And Ryan does get to sixth here. Um, and the 21 is the free pass from 14th. So they lapped a pretty good portion of the field there. So I mentioned uh, checking things off. Our, our second thing was he needed to get really solid stage points. So it's I give him a half check. <laughs> yeah <laughs> on that i mean we got the top five qualifying position but we we wanted him to stay in the top four through at least the top four through these stages to get two as stages, many points yeah. but, but this was the, definitely the biggest nail was the the, mm-hmm. the, the 11 winning both 11. yeah so that really if we were already had an inkling about it being must win after the end of the first stage this sealed it pretty much yeah so ryan says the uh it was better entry and drive off um keep adjusting that direction they're pitting sixth from sixth position here and they come out fourth so second pit stop of the day even better than the first pit stop this and, one was uh, a 9.9 second pit stop um which i thought was you know in this current era is pretty lightning fast there's some teams that are getting a little bit lower and you'll see this later mm-hmm. um but i i'm like okay you know this is and I keep in mind the this is a still the replacement jackman the replacement rear tire changer that are with this team. So, um, and they're going to stay with them through the end of the year. Uh, whatever has happened here, chemistry wise seemed to, uh, have really gelled. And, uh, this was the one that, I mean, this is a second pit stop here where they've, well, this time they gained positions first when they held serve. So yeah, things were, I mean, we were talking about the team needing to step up in a big scenario, a big, you know, big opportunity. The pit crew came to play in this race. They sure did. Um, they, uh, 
the the leader to the 11 takes the bottom Ryan takes the top on this and uh, restart lap 271 kind of gets hung up on the outside here um and there's caution a couple laps later with the six car getting spun by the one uh but Ryan's up to fifth um and at this point the 22 and the one car because of the the, the chance of some damage and so forth they decide to pit um the next choose cone the 11 takes the bottom Ryan takes the bottom um and they restart lap 280, uh, sorts out to sixth. And um, within five laps, he passes the five car, gets to fifth. Um, he passed him uh, on the outside there. And the 24 is back on lead lap at this point, too, because of where that caution fell. That pass was pretty impressive. He did yeah, try to was, pass him on the bottom a couple of times. And sometimes. eventually he was just like, all right, I'm going to go to the outside. And that's it. Yeah, it no. Nobody had done that all race. I thought, boy, that's really impressive. I thought that was something for the future, you know. Um, at lap 320 uh, in fifth, we get a caution for the three car. But he just, whew, wow, that was that was some hit. Yeah, you know? brake rotor. Brake rotor basically just snapped mm-hmm. in half, and he just went straight into the fence. And I think people were really concerned at first because the window net was up, but you could actually see the, the fire, like not fire fire, but coming out of the – out of the pipes and i'm like oh he's trying he's trying to get it restarted and go so i wasn't as concerned but eventually he had to relent because you know that that car was destroyed so and they were having a pretty um, decent day and you think he was still might have been on the lead lap at that point yeah now that we that we pit road uh, it was not open and the 11 car does this little dance over the and i heard the explanation that was given to Josh because Josh gives it to Ryan, but Ryan right away was like, Hey, Hey, he was, Hey, you know, um, oh man, it's, 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 it's how it's the BS. rule is though. It is how the rule is to some extent, but he was all the way over it. And that's, if he was straddled with the inside of the car, it's one thing, but he straddled it with the outside of the car, you know, and, Here's what if I would put a, say. If you physically put a cone there, if like yeah. physically he run the darn thing over with the whole car. And I, you know, it just, here's what I explain to people by rule. He did everything right. The mm-hmm. difference here at Martinsville, or I think they've actually said the box has moved there too. Yeah. they changed When you're it. at like a mile and a half track or some of these other tracks that have different types of entrances to pit road, that box is way further out. Mm-hmm. So there's much more opportunity to be underneath it and then try to get back out and miss it or not mm-hmm. miss it and then actually go underneath it and back out onto the track. And that's where we've seen a lot of penalties called. I think with where this box was in relation to the pit wall, there wasn't, you know, his reaction was fast enough to drive over it. And at that point you're by rule, it's fine. So yeah, I didn't necessarily have a problem with it because if that was Ryan, we would be saying the same thing, you know, rule. <laughs> I think that's how I always try to, to, when I think about these scenarios, I'm like, if this was Ryan that was leading and did that, we would be saying, here you go. Here's the, the rule book right here. It says right yeah, here that, yeah, that you're allowed to, as long as you drive over it, you're fine. And that's what I'm, happened. So I'm going to say something though, that, um, I heard the communication from the 11 spotter and, um, the 12 spotter wouldn't have let that happen. It's the way the 11 spotter said things. He thought he was coming to pit road. Yeah. I think he said like pit, he, he was, he didn't very clearly say like pit pit when it's, I think he said pit when it's open or something. And I think the 11 thought you said pit, yeah. like pit, it's open or whatever. And Mm-mm. quickly realized that it was. Not yeah. Open, so. Yeah. Josh, Josh would never, never stated it in such a manner that it had been confusing. 
He usually state will state it like down the backstretch, like pit yep. road is open or it's pit road is closed. Right. Pit road is right. open. Yeah. But you right. listen so. to Josh. So, right. Um, going in, they were fifth. They come out second. Three spots gain on this pit stop. And I believe this one was actually, it was a 10 five. I think if I'm, if I'm right on, on the time, um, mm. because a little bit later on, they get a really, really super fast one, but it still was good enough. Yeah, uh, for well, for him to, to gain spots, I think the eleven. This is maybe the 11, when the eleven keeps having their starts, issues. And, they start having their issues, yeah. yeah so. um, but the twenty car is the, is the car he's behind here. Now keep in mind um, a ten five isn't slow, <laughs> so no. I mean it's it's not you know it's not a nine nine or a nine five or something, but it's still it's still really solid. And if we've talked all year, if they could just stay in that area, um, they'll be able to compete. Yeah. So uh, the leader of the twenty takes the bottom, Ryan takes the top. Um, there was a ton of wave arounds on this, um, because the timing was just right. So those guys get their lap back. Uh, we restart lap, uh, what do we got here? Three, yeah, three, three thirty-two. Uh, he's battling the nine car. He sorts out to third at this point. Um, and I, I put in question marks. We'll stay green to the end because they're talking about saving fuel. And like I said, at the beginning of this, I said the fuel window is 170 to 180 is what Bob Pockross had put out there. So, they're really if it would have stayed green it'd been real interesting to see who could have saved enough fuel to make it plus you would have had all those wave arounds having to come make green flag stops as well mm -hmm. because yeah. they were definitely not going to make it so that mm -hmm. would have made that would have added to the chaos of guys yeah. coming on and off pit road too that were laps down mm -hmm. uh, by lap 370 uh, about four seconds back at the 20 and uh, one second back at the nine car and then um at lap 394, we get a caution for the 15 car. They come, they go into the pit road on their third and they come out second. So, and this is one of those ones. Um, I think we were talking about this. We were texting back and forth about closing up the gap um, between the cars. And I, if there are lap cars in between you and there, the, the lap cars take up room and then you only have like so much time to close the gap and we were talking earlier about on a mile and a half they they close the gap no problem but on this short track like martinsville um the i think it was the nine was the uh the nine car in the front nine of ryan? Was, yeah the nine was ahead of yeah, ryan. the nine was in front of ryan and he he closed the gap to the nine but the nine didn't close the gap to the 20 and he tried he tried yeah. His but best, he, but yeah, but, couldn't do but it. But he couldn't do it. And I thought, man, that's like half a second. And that might be that half a second where the pit stop was so good. Yep. If he had that half a second, he might have come out in front of the 20 and, you know, led the parade off pit road. And then who knows what goes on from there, you know? So just it's unfortunate. Like you said, I think it's a, it's a product of being a short track because mm -hmm. when you're on a mile and a half, the entrance to pit road is much longer. There's much more time to close the gap. But yeah. here, when, yeah, you're just coming around turns three and four at Martinsville, there's not much time not much between time. that and when you hit pit road. So, so it's just, they ought to make it, they yeah. ought to make Them's it. So the those guys, well, they ought to make it. So those guys get out of the way on the backstretch or something, have them move, move to the right, close the gap before you get to pit road. Cause the battles on pit road, every, you know, every position, you know, and this race, especially the 12 crew was on fire the whole race. They didn't have one bad pit stop. And, uh, they gained him positions so many times here at the end of the race that they put him up there, you know? So that one more position, you know, would have been interesting to see what would happen. Um, 
the uh, the 20 takes the bottom. Of course, Ryan takes the top here. And like I said, restart lap. Uh, see, where are we at now? Secrets. Yeah. Okay. So I went down here. I went too far back here. Okay. So um, that's, I got to change the page. That's what happened. Yeah. And restarts at lap 402. Uh, sorts out to second pretty quick here, which is nice because yep. you didn't have to battle the car below him. Uh, the gap was there. Um, you know, lap four or five, Josh just tells him it's all out front. So he's just looking right now, closing that gap, uh, but lap 420, it's about eight tenths of a, a second, but similar lap times. And, um, and, you know, it's kind of losing a little bit of ground here, but at lap 435, we get the first signs of lap traffic and that's where, you know, you, you can get back to somebody with the lap traffic and, um, you never know. And at lap four. 45 i took note of this this is where the two car actually comes into play yeah um good teammate here uh <laughs> he gets in the way of the 20 makes it really hard for the 20 to pass him he, and, he was side by side with another lap car at that time and mm-hmm. the, yeah the 20 went low two's on the outside yeah. i think the 20 is actually the one that actually forces the contact but i mean the two wasn't really giving him a ton of space but yeah it does let ryan catch up a little bit he, he's he's point point two five back because yep. of it he gained uh, about six, seven tenths of a second um, on that gap. Um, and the lap 450, it, it spreads back out to 0. 0.38, 388. And uh, lap 460, 10 laps later, he's over a second back. So, you know, he, he and he said this post race, so he kind of burnt his stuff up trying to get to yep. him. Um, then we get our caution at lap 466 for the 77 car. And um, <clears throat> I know the numbers look like the pit stop was bad, but they weren't. Uh, on this pit stop, he goes in second, comes out fifth. Now, the reason he comes out fifth is that we get the uh, five, the six, and the 24 car taking two tires on their stop. And uh, so, actually, he's the he's the 20 is the car he follows going in, and the 20 is the car he follows coming out. Um, they both took four tires. The, the pit uh, stop was not bad. This mm-hmm. may have been... Now, I don't know that their numbers from every day or every race may have been one of their fastest stops of the entire year. Yeah. TV now, I don't know, accurate, but as I was following along, I've given some numbers throughout this recap. TV showed it as a nine six, mm-hmm. which and- is pretty lightning quick. I think I've seen a nine five, maybe a nine four or something. Their um, av- and their average, yeah. their average on the day nine nine, was, right? Was there was nine nine. So on the day they averaged less than 10 seconds and 10 seconds is good like you said anything under 11 actually is good you know 10.9 is good but they averaged below 10 seconds on the day and uh can we say i meant to say it during after that last stop when he came out second outside of maybe not finishing as high up as they could have or should have in those first two stages the 12 team has executed from top to bottom one of their best Mm-hmm. races of the entire year yeah they had to have it and they got it and um driver yeah. pit crew yeah. crew chief strategy now i know the strategy here which we'll show is by the end of this was was the right call it was the right based call. on who wins the race yeah um short term right after this restart tons of people were throwing everybody under the bus as they could because the way that the this restart goes initially yeah um but i mean top to bottom from speed and practice to adjustments they made throughout this race to the way that the pit crew executed on pit road, Mm -hmm. the way Ryan got on and off pit road, closing those gaps that were tough to close when he Mm -hmm. had to. I mean, they've 
pretty much flawlessly. I mean, they did everything they could to put them in a position to have a chance yeah, to win their way into the next round. Yeah. So, you know, the five, the six, the 24 take two tires and they gain position that way on pit road. And then the 14 and the 41 stayed out. And this is where you're like, you're talking about where people are like, Oh, we should have stayed out. No, you shouldn't have stayed out. Um, and it shows, uh, cause there's still enough laps to catch these guys. It's going to look like it. <laughs> it's going to look for, like for it was an amazing for minute, call for a minute or two for a couple laps. And then, so the 14s leader, he takes the bottom and his teammate is on, on the outside to try to help block for him. <clears throat> Ryan takes this from the seventh position, takes the bottom. And like he said, and the post race is that he thought there'd be a lot more mayhem and there really, there was some mayhem, but there wasn't the kind of mayhem we're talking about. We're talking about a couple guys banging at each other, knocking each other out of the way. And then he was hoping to take advantage of that kind of thing by being on the low lane. Cause uh, it usually, when that happens, it usually sorts up the track, you know? So uh, restarts at lap two, uh, uh, four seventy six, and Josh, Josh gets says no friends. <laughs> which I think is a great thing to say. Uh, he sorts out to sixth. Um, he, at lap 40, he's racing with the five car. So at lap 45, uh, you know, that he's kind of bottled up with him, but at lap 490, the, you know, he passes the 41, gets to fifth, and at 470, 497, he passes the six and the 11. Now, in the meantime, the 20 car has raced his way to the front and passed everybody. So, and he did it with like 10 or 12 to go. So, you know what, this whole thing about staying out, it wouldn't have worked. He would have been part of the, the twenties bump bumper and they would have knocked him out of the and, way because and you mentioned, you know, so the 20 was first one out with four tires. Mm -hmm. You mentioned to me, you know, Ryan was at his wheel. Well, so, I mean, it was just a matter of, you know, of a foot yeah. uh, coming out second with on four tires. So on four tires. So, I mean, you know, and once again, it's one of those things where they're closing the gap to pit road and all that kind of thing. If they just a little bit, of a lucky type of break there, you know, and they, like you said, they ran to probably the fastest pit stop they've run all year right there to, to get that close. So, you know, everything they could to do to execute just, and, and once again, these type of things where they're at Martinsville and this has happened since they've come up with Martinsville being the race before the, before the championship guys are bouncing off each other. And, and, you know, you were hoping for that little thing where, somebody bounces the 20 and maybe bounces him out of the way. And then Ryan would take advantage of that. Or if Ryan could have got by the five quick enough, or and he did not end up getting by the five, but if he could have got by the five, maybe he would have tried to bounce the 20 it gets physical. You're right. I mean, there's yeah. a couple of times where I don't know how far along you are in the, by the end of this, but uh, we're, we're three yeah. laps from the yeah. end. So it yeah. gets, it gets really physical here between the five and everybody in between the 20 is kind of, you know, made his way away yeah. from them but there's a couple the, times where ryan look was looking low while the five and, El and others were were bouncing off each other i thought ryan had a shot i mean that's all we want you know him to have mm -hmm. a shot he had a shot but yeah yeah um you get to out. you know yeah you get to the um you know the 20 winning ryan finishing third um points wise it wasn't nowhere near enough points mind you because of what's happening uh, and that's it. That's, that's pretty much all the excitement, right? That's it. That was it. You know, Logano, Bell, <laughs> Elliott make the final four. And then there's this whole thing going on with something about points between the 11 car and the one car. And the one car needed two points going in the last lap. And then uh, he went, went high, wide, and handsome. Full send. 
Um, that is the new meme uh, gif for full send right there. If that is not like in everybody's, you know, video rec recollection, I mean, it's going to be everywhere for years and years and years to come. Uh, the craziest thing I've ever seen in all my years of watching, yeah. he went, went into three and four, put it in a fifth gear and rode the wall and gained five positions in the final two turns and put himself in the playoffs or put himself in the final four, you know, and just it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Kevin Harvick today had tweeted something that basically said, and you have to remember Harvick is a person that tried to spin or maybe he did Kyle Bush out at Martinsville. I remember if that was last year or the year before uh, in an attempt to try to make the mm -hmm. championship for himself. So this is a guy that does has made a move in the, the whatever it takes category. He tweeted mm -hmm. saying that, um, and again, also keep in mind, Kevin Harvick was somebody very critical of Ross Chastain early in his career, um, said like very few drivers will do whatever it takes when the moment comes. And he said like hashtag epic or something. Yeah. So a lot of drivers. So let's, <laughs> let's talk about this. Um, I know we, we have similar but differing views. Um, some drivers have come out, uh, especially immediately said, if you listen to the audio and stuff from the in cars, there's, I think um, Mamba retweeted a video of it uh, where they did, they did a mashup of different in cars with the the spotters and crew mm -hmm. chiefs and drivers talking. A lot of drivers were saying, laughing, you know, saying that's awesome. That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. You got a lot of that from um, uh, some of the, the post-race interviews, you know, Logano is one of those ones that said that was, you know, that was awesome. Um, but here's where, where it starts getting critical. You have guys, uh, like Kyle Larson that come out and say, you know, this was an embarrassment. Uh, yeah. Logano said, while he said it was awesome and a really cool moment for the sport, um, this needs to be a one and done and NASCAR yeah. needs to step in and make sure, uh, this does, this isn't something that happens again. I will say overwhelmingly, it's been a positive response between fans and drivers, mm -hmm um and high level drivers and other series around the world also yeah, yeah, uh, i've taken of... note of this um so what are your thoughts um I... i'll let you go first on on what your your thoughts on the move in what your maybe what was your re immediate reaction because one we're dealing you talked about stages of grief we're dealing yeah. with the fact that ryan's just missed the the championship yeah. for super close but then also this happens right at that same moment i thought about the gap um where how how much of a how much ground did he make up um, as far as like time-wise? And then I thought, wow, I wonder if Ryan could have pulled that off. <laughs> That's what I thought because going into the, the final two turns, Ryan's third and he's about a second and a half off the lead. And I'm thinking, boy, if he would have done that, he might have won the race as long as the five didn't cut him off getting, you know, getting all the way up there. Um, that was the other thing is like cars coming out of turns three and four, I'm surprised none of them kind of like went toward the wall and, and cut him off from doing that. He was able to go all the way down there with nobody cutting him off. I think it happened way too fast. He was going and, two seconds faster than the tire field set yeah. a new track record for a stock car at Martinsville. That was last yeah. set in 2014, but it was like a cheat code. That's what, what it came down. Like to me, I was like, this is like cheating the game. This is like, all right. Um, the rule book says that it's legal. And let's do this. And then somewhere along the line, they have to change the rule book. I think that's, that's what it comes down to. It's like, okay, it was legal this right now, but 
keep in mind year. this is the team that thinks outside of the box you mm-hmm. know ross tried to take advantage of the rule at the indy road course uh where you could blow the first turn and yeah. do a stop and go and he did it came out second uh nascar came and even though he did it and i believe did make a stop maybe not as long as he should have stopped i came out second mm-hmm. um then gets a 30 second penalty i believe at the end of that race so this yeah. is a guy that is is constantly thinking and and trying to find ways to to get an advantage and in a year where pretty much air pressures are the only advantage you could <laughs> you can almost have on a car to yeah. make a change during the race you got to find everything that you can and um nobody i've heard interviews from justin marks and the crew chief and sp- the spotter had no idea i think it was brandon mcreynolds was the spotter yeah nobody except for the mind of ross chastain knew that this was going to happen or was going to potentially happen and i think he himself said he didn't even think about it until two to go you know the, the other thing about it is um this is probably the only track where you could do it yep i heard some discussion you know today on different things and and um you know your other short tracks bristol or even a mile track like uh like dover um there's too much banking yep you know you would just fall down the banking no matter how fast you went um and so, those are much faster short tracks yeah i mean martinsville these guys are going slow around the turn yeah, yeah. so you know it may not be something that could be applied anywhere else um you know we saw I saw a video of the Kyle Larson thing from last year. And the truth is, is he, he sent it. He did uh, at Darlington, but the guys at Darlington all run within a couple feet of the wall there and three and four and some of them in you know, the Darlington stripe, et cetera. So what he was doing there was, you know, he's, he was trying to literally push the guy in front of him if he could have. Um, and I think he kind of wrecked into the wall, <laughs> but he kept it on. He's kept his foot on the gas and tried, tried to complete it. Um, but, yeah. So I don't know if this is something that's going to end up happening over and over again. Um, it, it hopefully is a one-time thing. Um, sure. It's gotten excitement and it definitely got a lot of eyeballs on it that normally wouldn't be on it. Huge. But I don't ever really want to ever see that happen again. It really isn't racing. You know, it was a video game. It really was. It was like getting on, like I saw a lot of funny things about eye racing today about like, if, if, if they could do that, turn the, uh, uh, the damage thing off so mm-hmm. they could try it and stuff like that. You know, I wouldn't and say I racing, I would say, uh, NASCAR heat or NASCAR ignition yeah. or NASCAR yeah. rivals on, on the, on the console games, I racing, you'll get, you'll get a nice uh, suspension for that. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, um, on, on the I racing thing, like, uh, I think it was Ka- NASCAR chasm was trying to, trying to get the, the permission to do it. And they're like, Oh yeah, we'll let you do it for like an hour or two or whatever. And that's it. You know, it'll be, yeah. Yeah. Cause you can't, you know, and, and the different guys, I guess I tried it on some video games and so forth today and couldn't do it. No, they're hitting the gate. They're hitting the gate and flying yeah. off. <laughs> and, and that's the part that, that that's forgotten here is that this is a dangerous move too. Um, what happens if somebody else would have washed up in front of him coming out of three and four, what happens if he hits the gate in a manner that spins the car sideways, you know, and gets hit by somebody. So he pulled it off and it looked great. Um, it looked crazy because he was the only thing going that fast and nothing else was going that fast on the video track. looks sped up and it was live. Oh, it was weird. real time. <laughs> yeah. But the reality is, is it's a dangerous situation too. It's something that um, could have went real bad. I mean, I hate to say that, but he could have, he could have got hurt. He could have got somebody else hurt. Um, 
the tracks are designed to keep the cars inside the track, but you know, let's say he hits that gate just right and rips it open or something too. You know, I'm just, there's so many bad things that could happen. So here are my thoughts and I'll, I'll preface it with borrowing (laughs) this um, from maybe some other folks today as well. Um, I don't like to live in the land of what ifs. Um, None of the ifs that you said happened. Yeah. Um, So I'll start there. Mm -hmm. Um, I agree. This should be a one-time thing. I don't know that it needs policed, but I think this should be a one-time thing. And I think it will be a one-time thing because this was a perfect storm. Mm -hmm. Um, Chastain has to enter (laughs) contact with the wall at the perfect angle. Um, He has to know which gear to get into at the right time. He has to hold it down, the gas pedal down, you know, the throttle down, you know, without flinching. Um, He has to somehow kind of keep it up against the wall and straight. I think he made a comment of maybe, you know, I took my hands off the wheel or something like that. The cars that he needed to pass had to be in the perfect spot coming through three and four. Um, Every it's one of those situations where every single thing went right and went in his favor to make it happen. Um, I want this to be a one-time moment. Um, I don't even know that it's something that needs to be celebrated, but I think it's something that people can be excited about. Um, but I want it to be a one and done and that's it. And it's one of those things we're going to see on replays forever. It's one of those things when, I mean, who knows what uh, lies ahead for Ross Chastain in his career. Um, I can't even begin to predict, you know, is this guy going to just be a guy that, you know, that wants a handful of races and retires. Is this guy going to be the next Jeff Gordon? Is this guy going to go on and win the championship next week at Phoenix? And this will be a seminal moment in his championship run. Um, I think if, if he, if that does in fact happen, that makes that Martinsville uh, thing so much bigger. Um, I'm not saying I'm rooting for that to happen. Cause I, I, I mean, I guess of anybody, maybe we would like to see the teammate go out and win for team Penske. So, I mean, that's what I guess I would say, I guess put my support behind Logano, but it, but if, if Chastain does go on and win at Phoenix, like that pass, it's already going down in history, but it will forever be like hall of fame, not him in the hall of fame, but kind of like a hall of fame moment in the sport. So now I say he does, if he goes to Phoenix finishes outside the top 10, it's not a non-factor in the championship. I kind of think that that moment fades away a little bit. I think he has to actually go out and win the championship for it to really be a long lasting iconic moment in the sport. Um, so I'm not for them making some sort of a rule on, you know, the yellow line rule, like all these like extra weird rules that they have out there uh, are difficult to follow mm-hmm. sometimes. And how do they decide like, you know, what Larson did at Darlington, like would that, would they, give him a penalty for what he did there because he went up into the wall and held it and kept going. Is that any different? So this, that's where I'm talking about. It's going to start bringing in some sort of a judgment call into this. So um, I wanted to be a one-time thing. I hope, you know, most guys don't really try to do it. I think uh, the one other factor I forgot to add into that whole being a perfect storm, ultimate desperation mode at that point, Mm -hmm. he was behind he was, he was probably like three or four car lengths from the next car. He needed to even try to pass. He needed to get two spots. He verified, I think, going down the backstretch how many spots he needed and basically made that decision. So full desperation mode, got the wall at the right angle, got it into the right gear, held it up there. Cars were in the perfect position to pass. I mean, it was just the perfect storm of success. And 
I'd like to see it one and done and we move on. And if it becomes a seminal moment because he goes out and wins a championship, then, then so be it. That's cool. I think, I think earlier in the day, NBC had like 5 million views on the video clip of it. I'm sure by the time we're recording, it's probably up at six or 7 million mm-hmm. made the number one uh, play in sports centers, top 10. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know. That's, that's my, I feel like we're not that far off. I think we both totally agree. We want it to be a one and done yeah. move and let's enjoy it for what it was. But I think we're straddling different lines on whether it needs to be added to the rule book. Yeah. So, you know, it, uh, I don't see it. I, uh, looking ahead to next weekend, Phoenix, I, I don't see him winning. No. Uh, yeah. I, I, and Maybe. I, it's, I don't know. Well, I can't I, count them out. I don't know. I don't, I honestly, I think any of the four, I think Chase well, Elliott could go out. We could talk about that later, but let's, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Let's talk about teammates when we do talk about it, because I think that's where it's going to come into play. I think this is the 11 car. This is where the 11 car actually <laughs> does something to affect the championship. Um, he won't wreck him, but um, if he has to race anywhere near the 11 car and he probably will. Honestly, the 11 had every opportunity to wreck him in that last mm-hmm. sprint to the finish there. And they, they were very physical, but yeah, he didn't crash him. So. But if you if you're the if you're the, the driver of the eleven car this week coming up and you can help the twenty, that's true. You know, just so, like I, I expect the twelve and the and the two to help the twenty two. So let's talk about the twelve. I mentioned it, you know, a quarter of the way, not a quarter away, and and maybe seventy five percent of the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, and talking about all the boxes they needed to check. So top five finish, they got stage points. I'll kind of check that off. Pit crew. I mean, I couldn't even imagine how good they were going to be. Um, and they, you know, they raised the bar. They went above and beyond what even my expectations of a, of a good day were. Yeah. Driver did everything John, pretty much right. John, Jonathan's, Jonathan. Jonathan's calls, uh, calls for, you know, the changes, um, you know, in the third stage as he's running second, he's the only, the only thing that kept him from, getting to the 20 car was just burning up your stuff, trying to get yeah. to the 20 car. Um, they adjusted the car enough where he was a top, top three or four car on the track running some of the fastest laps out there. So running at the end of the race with the chance to win. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did everything we talked about last week. Yeah. Finishes third fall short still. Yeah. But the season as a whole, um, you can't compare this season to any other season because of the new car. Um, because it was a new car and everybody's learning different things to do with it and how to adjust it and how to drive it and, uh, and all these different things, they were incredible to be the only one to not win a race and make the playoffs and then go this deep into the playoff run with it. Um, just amazing. And really literally if they've, do a little bit better with the, with the three races in this round, as far as the finishes, he could have pointed, he really literally could have pointed in yeah. <laughs> without a win. So uh, kudos to everybody involved. It's not the season I'm sure that Ryan wanted to have or anybody there. I'm, you know, guarantee you winning the championship is the goal every year and you got to get to the final four to do that. But as a whole, if you step back and look at it, uh, it was a really good year considering all the different things they overcame to get this far. And, uh, you know, there's still one more week to, to win a race too, at a track where he had the pole earlier this year. So I, I still watch the race coming up this week and sure I'll be watching to see who wins a championship and be a little salty about that. But 
um, I'm still watching Brian every week, uh, you know, and I'm hoping for his success every week. So let's talk about that race coming up this weekend. Um, it's, it's one of those weird things where it doesn't really have a sponsor. So it's the season finale 500 uh, this Sunday, uh, November 6th at Phoenix Raceway. You can catch the race at 3 p.m. Eastern time on NBC and on MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR radio. Uh, practice and qualifying are going to happen on Saturday. Uh, same deal. And I think they actually get um, they get a little bit longer practice for this race because it is a championship race. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern time is when you're going to watch this thing. You mentioned the fact that Ryan um, heads into Phoenix as it being one of his better tracks. And he, this is one of his better tracks right out of the gate. His first two starts here in 2016 with the Wood Brothers car, uh, 10th and 8th. Now, overall, 13 starts total, eight top tens, four top fives, an average start of 5.6, an average finish of 13.5, uh, three poles at this racetrack, including the spring race. And he's riding a uh, one, two, uh, four race top 10 streak, a two race top five streak, and four, five, six top tens out of the last seven races. Um, have we said it a lot, uh, except for maybe our homestead preview? We've said it a lot in the last, you know, four or five weeks. You know, we're heading to one of Ryan Blaney's best tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phoenix is one of Ryan Blaney's best tracks where he doesn't have a win yet. Oh, but wait a, a minute. lot of laps well, left. My, my, my wife would want me to point out that he has won a race there. That is correct. You're right. Actually, it's one of those races that, that put him on the map. Put him on the map with the KN West uh-huh. series race. Mm-hmm. And, uh, pretty much blew the competition away in that race. Um, so yeah, he's, he's won there. It just, you know, not the, not the level we're hoping for this weekend. He's know? led a lot of laps 2017. He led 11, 2018. He led 94, uh, 2021 in the spring race, 35, the fall race, 2021, 33 spring race this year, 143 laps led. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of those things where, um, so like, as you mentioned, one race to go, they haven't visited victory lane except for the all-star race. People forget that, mm-hmm. um, haven't visited victory lane in a points race this season. One more shot. I want him to go and get the W I want him to, to disrupt the championship four, be the first mm-hmm. non championship four driver to win, uh, the final race in this era of points. And, um, but man, it's going to be bittersweet. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's the way, that's the way it goes. You know, it'd be crazy. Um, there's a lot of different scenarios that could happen. One of them, and people are still forgetting this, but the five car is still racing for the ownership points. Split. Right now. The nine car is no longer in the, the nine car is in for the driver's championship. Now, mm-hmm. but the nine car is now not eligible for the owner's championship. Right. Now. So how crazy could it get that the nine and the, and the, uh, five, five. S- split. Yep. Hendrick could win the owner's championship with one car and the driver's championship with another car. That would be nuts. Yeah. And that's one of those things where I don't, it's so funny listening to uh, talk radio this year, ever since the playoffs started because of the whole deal. And now this is a, a, this is something that's happening because of Ryan Blaney. If people don't remember because of Ryan Blaney, because of Kurt Busch. So Kurt Busch Mm -hmm. gives up his playoff spot. Ryan is actually the one that takes that playoff spot. Uh, but the 45 car stays in the owner's uh, championship. So Ryan, this whole time, the 12 car was not eligible to win an owner's championship. So mm-hmm. all of this is tied to the 12 car, really. Um, so we get all the way down to this. 
then the five car, you know, wins and advances to the championship four. the nine car um, was tied with the one, uh, but the one I think had the tiebreaker. So the nine ends up being the one that it, that falls out of the owner's championship possibility mm-hmm. here in the championship four. So um, it would be, it would be interesting. I just don't know. It's so funny. I just, where, where I was getting at was like fans are keep calling in and talking about how this is awful, that this is going to confuse everybody. Cause there's going to, there could be a split, a different owner's champion than there is now for that scenario to work out. The five needs to finish. The five needs to win the race pretty much um, for, for that to happen. The five needs well, to win the race. And the nine needs, or, to, nine needs to finish second or, or the five finishes in front of the other or three, three cars, three cars and the nine wins. I, and, I think either way, the five and the nine basically either have to win well, or finish well, really, really high up. Ryan wins. The five finishes second. The nine finishes third. That works too. And there you go. You got all, all the things I'll check off all those boxes. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> We, uh, well you, you get all kind of fun things there now keep but, in uh, mind we did say or at least i did say we might want to throw our weight behind uh wanting tw- or wishing for the 22 because the 22 it's, it's all about team penske at this point yeah i mean joey joey's done everything he needed to do and, we want uh, the 12 to win and the 22 to finish second yeah that'd be good i'd be okay with that and uh or or you could have you could have the yeah you could have the 12 the 5 and the 22 there you go that works you give, you give, <laughs> you give hendrick something you know <laughs> He doesn't have enough trophies, you know, so we give him, give him one more, one trophy, at least the owner's owner's championship. So, yeah, I mean, it, the, the weekend's racing is still gonna be a lot of fun to watch. Um, there's, you know, the, the drama of the four drivers, the TV coverage will be about that. Um, I don't care. I got my, I got my window to look, look through, uh, the front of Ryan's car and see what's going on with him all race long. Um, <clears throat> we did this podcast last year. We, we didn't give up on the season, you know? And you, you don't, the season's still the season. You still have one more race. And last year, honestly, I think he was actually closer on points than he was this year. I think he mm-hmm. actually fell, um, maybe it's like 10 or less points, I think from, from advancing. So, yeah. So, so some streaks here, we were talking about, um, or at least I was talking with you about, because I like following Ryan's stats and this mm-hmm. year has been a little bit wonky. Um, he does not have a shot at, uh, matching or surpassing his, uh, career top 10 mark. Uh, which he set last year with 20 top tens. He just sits at 16 top tens right now. Um, he does sit at 11 top fives and he has scored 11 top fives four straight years so far. If he finishes top five in Phoenix, he will actually set the career mark uh, for top five finishes. So if you're following stats, that's really the only thing um, to look forward to is hoping that he finishes in the top five here. So that if he does do that, that would he would end the year with 12 top five, 17 top tens. Uh, he matched his, which he could uh, surpass this, depending on what their speed is like. Um, he did have three poles this year uh, that matched his career mark from 2018. Um, now, keep in mind, he hasn't had a pole since early in the season, so it's mm-hmm. been a little bit, it's been mm-hmm. a little bit. But um, he does have an average start of 5.6, so it's not necessarily out of the question. So, if we're looking at top fives and we're looking at poles, those are really the two places. Uh, where he could set career marks. Um, technically, if he goes out and just dominates this race, um, he could uh, surpass his career mark in laps led. Right now, he sits at 527 laps led this season. His career high came in 2020 with 668 laps led. Um, 
average finish. He's a little bit behind. He had his career mark and average finish last year at 11.9. This year he's at 13.9. So that's kind of out of the question too. Um, and then wins, obviously career mark last year, three wins, mm-hmm. no wins right now in that streak. Um, I think it's 2016, uh, which was his first full-time season in the cup series uh, with the Wood Brothers. That's the last time he went without a victory. So he has one, two, three, four, five straight seasons with at least one win with three wins coming last year. So, but they got a chance. There's one race to go and one of his best tracks. Yeah. This um, season as a whole, I mean, so Joey made the final four, but if you want to look around the Ford camp of all the, all the cars that are Fords in the, in the cup series, um, he's been the best Ford all year, every race, every weekend, best Fords you know, generally in practice and qualifying and throughout the race. And, um, that says a lot about the team and what they learned about the car and the crew chief and, you know, the pit crew, they, they were the best Ford all year long. Um, like I said, Joey has a shot at the championship being the only Ford in there, but, uh, you know, to be the best Ford every year, you know, and, 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 you know, especially since Brad moved out and, um, yeah, you know, that the, the other four teams, it took Stuart Haas a good portion of the year just to find a win, you know, and uh, the 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 Kazlowski, uh teams are, you know, they're getting better as the year went on. But, um, you know, so I, I the future is definitely bright uh, being that, that guy that uh, Ford can point to every week as being their best guy. So again, if you want to catch this race, the season finale 500 this Sunday, November 6th, Phoenix Raceway, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, NBC and MRN, Sirius XM, NASCAR Radio. Why don't we sponsor it? The Team Blaney season finale. Yeah, we should be the sponsor. It'll just, well, I think it'll only be a couple bucks. Yeah, that's all. I got that in my back pocket. All right, so now time to move on now to our recap of the team Blaney NASCAR fantasy live league and the points that were earned this past week at Martinsville. I have to say, I got um, Keselowski. Yeah. <laughs> I got Keselowski. <laughs> That's true. I think you were ahead of us. I was ahead of way, me for yeah, a while. I, had, I lost 30 some points on that deal. Now let me tell you why I'm upset here because again, I feel like one of my best weeks in a while and I still fall short. I still end up finishing in the twenties. Uh, here's my starters, and I actually didn't make a change during the race. So started Ryan Blaney. That was my last start of the year for him. Got me 43 points. William Byron got me 30 points, which actually is pretty impressive considering he didn't have that great of a race, but 30 is a too shabby. Ross Chastain got me 39 points. Denny Hamlin got me 52. Chase Elliott got me 45. Um, I actually had swapped. I originally had Martin Truex in because Martin's been really good at Martinsville, uh, did not show up today. Uh, it only got me 17 points. So I believe, I think I had Byron. So it was kind of a tough call at the moment that I did it. Cause Byron still wasn't running well, but I swapped Byron in, put Truex in the garage. Um, so I thought that was a pretty decent points haul. Uh, you know, I go to my featured matchups. I didn't do that great. I think I split them. I picked Truex over Larson. That was very wrong. Uh, I picked Hamlin over Byron. That was correct by a couple spots. I picked Chase over Ross. That was going to be correct. 
uh, I think, uh, going into the last lap. Um, but that ended up being wrong. I picked Ryan over Bell. Obviously, Bell went on to win. So um didn't do that great in the featured matchups, and I think that's actually what tanked me here in the overall. But I thought with a couple of guys putting over 45 points, a guy putting 52, I thought guaranteed top 10, and then I go to look at the overall standings, and that was not true. So what did your lineup look like? Obviously, you had Keselowski in. So. I had Keselowski in. That's all that matters. <laughs> I had Logano. I had Logano, I had Ryan, I had Denny, I had Chastain. So I had guys that were top 10 guys. Um, but the, they end up giving Brad, what, one point uh, because they put him in yeah, last. And, last. They t- and any stage points or whatever, they took those away too. Um, so like I said, it was a 36 or 35 point difference. Because Brad was good all day. Yeah, and that would have been, you know. I'm looking at it. I would have been like way up there. I split the split the matchups. You would have. Um, you would have. Well, I don't see, think you, had, would have, you wouldn't have made the top tens though. Still, you still I'd have been outside. two two twenty five or two twenty six. So yeah, I'd You'd have been nineteenth. Nineteenth, um, but I would have passed you. <laughs> <laughs> so let's take a look at that. Let's take a look at the top ten in points earned at Martinsville Speedway in the tenth position. Bud <laughs> King with two hundred forty points. Uh, ninth, P shoot bill, 243. Eighth, just one point ahead, cheese head fan, 244. Another point ahead, uh, tied for six here. We have Blaney Kicks Beep and Blaring Idiots, 245. Uh, tie for fourth, Smoke Show, 571 and JD Racing, JD Racing, 249. Uh, then we have a third place finisher here, Blaney or Bus, 259. And we actually have a tie for the most points earned at Martinsville between Go 12 Go and Blaney's Daisy with 261 points. Now I thought I had a great day, uh, failed in the featured matchup. So I only ended up accumulating 219 points that left me 22nd in points earned. And with your DQ, uh, you're all alone in the 41st position with 190 points. So I got you by 29. So that's great. Now let's take a look at the playoff standings in the team Blaney NASCAR fantasy live league. Um, I'm sitting in the 22nd position with 1,685 points. Um, This is the best part here. Mez 12, 36th position, 1,599 points. I don't think you're going to pass me in the playoffs, and that is fantastic news. Um, But let's talk about the people that really count here because uh, (laughs) we aren't even sniffing the top 10. Uh, So top 10 in the Team Blaine and Ascar Fantasy Lively playoff standings. Uh, Eric D15, 1,750 points in 10th. 9th, Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing, 1,762. 8th, Alyssa C, 1,764. 7th, Rogers T, 1,767. 6th, The Dalai Lama 4, 1,772. 5th, Moose 1616, 1,782. 4th, Go 12 Go, 1,791. Third, Joe Lopez won 1,804. Second, JD Racing 1,829. And holding down the top spot right now, um, they're looking pretty good going into the championship races. Blaney's Daisy 1,851. Uh, but if JD Racing or uh, Joe Lopez won, uh, I think maybe even all the way down to Go 12 Go have a really good race here uh, at Phoenix. There's there's an opportunity there um, mm-hmm. to to get to the lead um overall standings um this one actually has gotten really tight at the top spot 
mm-hmm. think originally the, the leader had pulled away by a little bit, um, but they've actually lost some of that lead here. So let's take a look at, at us. I'm sitting in the 28th position, Team Blaney host Adam, uh, 6,148. Um, we're actually pretty tight. If you have a just 50, a awful week, I yeah. could maybe pass you, but we'll see. 53 um, points. I'm going to... I'm going to send my spies in after that. <laughs> so I'm in 28th. You're in the 22nd position, Mez 12 with 6,201. Uh, so that's probably the closest we've ever been uh, in any of these fantasy things because you usually destroy me over the years, whether it's this racing stuff or football. Um, so let's take a look at the top 10, the current top 10 going into the final race of the season in the overall league standing. So this is points earned all the way throughout the year. 10th position, two Bushes, no Johnsons, 6,429. 9th, Blaney Kicks, beep, 6,477. 8th, Blaney's Daisy, who's leading in the playoff standings. 8th in the overall standings, 6,495. 7th, Eric D15, 6,507. 6th, Moose Hunter 1960, 6,513. 4th, or 5th, Math Mom 4, who was a leader for a good chunk of the season. 5th position now, 6,533. Just a couple points ahead of her is the Dalai Lama four in fourth, 6,535. Third, Fry 12, who's had a great year all year, 6,592. Um, second, JD Racing, 6,627. And then the defending champion, Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing, is holding down the top spot, but just 6,632. So I think we're looking at a five-point swing here um, for the championship in the team Blaney NASCAR fantasy live league headed into that championship race at Phoenix. So um, I think a couple races ago, like I said, I think Clyde had had a pretty decent points cushion. Not sure what happened this past week at Martinsville. Uh, I don't know if a, if a lineup wasn't set or what happened here, but it has closed the gap here between JD racing and Clyde's chicken pit racing. And we don't know who Clyde is still. <laughs> I've been yeah, trying yeah. to find Clyde. Nice uh, you won know. last year. We couldn't get a hold of you. You have a chance to we'll go back to back. We really want to get you a trophy. So <laughs> if you if you listen, I'll put another blast out on, on social media too. We want to find, especially if you if Clyde, old Clyde wins it for a second time in a row, we need to find Clyde and, and get him some some merch. So <laughs> some swag. <laughs> some swag. So um going into this race at Phoenix, I've used up Ryan. Uh, I think I've used up Logano. Um, yeah. This is one of those points where a lot of folks have used up a lot of the really good guys going into here. Um, is there anybody specific? Like I'm trying to see uh, if if there's anybody else like I have left here. I think I, so I have no Byron starts left. I have no Blaney starts. I have no Hamlin starts. I do. I can still start chase. I can still start Ross. Um are you are you going to put any of the championship four guys in if you got yeah them if, I, if I've got them I'm I have to go back and look here but if I got them yeah I'm gonna you know and then Larson too you know if I've got to start for Larson use him um but yeah let's let's if you've got the, any of those five guys um uh, put them in um they're going to finish somewhere in the top ten the only way they don't is if there's some sort of just major issue or they get caught in somebody's wreck or something like that but otherwise yeah you want you want the championship four and then uh, uh, Kyle Larson. If you have any starts left, um, beyond 53 that, points, 53 points separating us. So this is a big deal. This is yeah. a big race. Yeah. You're, <laughs> no, you're not. Catching. You, know, know. you know who I'm worried about? I'm worried about the person that's 11 points behind me. Yeah, that would be, uh, that'd be interesting. And from what we've learned, mm-hmm. um, 
Mez 12 is is actually should be Team Mez 12 because it's not just you making the pick. I get so a little bit of help there, yeah. That doesn't happen in this household. Uh-uh. Um, my she wife should've... actually tried to give me have have me give her advice, and I told her she does not want my advice, and uh, she's beat and me pay- all year long. So it's paying it's paying off for her, isn't it? <laughs> she is in top ten in the playoff standings, and she mm-hmm. is ahead of me in the overall standings too. So. Yeah. She's got a shot. Uh, she she's uh, doing good. So I will count it as a household victory if she's she, able to beat you guys. Yeah, and uh, you know, you owe her some swag if she wins. You know, <laughs> <laughs> she wants some. She wanted a trophy when she won. Uh, she won. Uh, uh, won a race earlier that one this year. week. Yeah, she wanted yeah. a trophy then. She was mm-hmm. uh, disappointed that we weren't giving out trophies for every win. So. <laughs> we'll have to see but yeah i mean you're right i mean i'm pretty much going to start if there's any championship four guys that i have left they're all going to be in my lineup i wish i could start ryan but i i used him this past week which was still a good decision points wise so uh we will see how that goes ah so steve you know we're on the uh this is the penultimate episode Mm -hmm. as far as race recaps go at least maybe we'll throw something else in by the end of the year but um uh well, yeah, oh, we, we got we got one more race to go. One more after this, and then we we talked about maybe doing some some stuff. Uh, yes, yeah, so if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe because uh, we could pop up with some things during the off season. We plan on it. Actually, we've talked to a couple people, maybe do a couple interviews of some people behind the scenes. Uh, we're working on on some different people that uh, you know like to come on and, and tell you a little bit more about what goes on at, at uh, Penske um, behind the twelve car. Um, you know, this, this Friday night is a big night for, uh, Josh Williams, uh, second year in a row, uh, his driver, Zane Smith is going to go for a championship. And this year, uh, Zane, uh, is in a different, whole different team yep. than he was last year. And, um, he's got, uh, the equipment might be, I think might be better than he had last year. Uh, he did not have to bang his way in like he did last year. He, he, he raced his way in pretty clean. Um, with a very good uh, third round uh, to get himself into the final four. So uh, Friday night, uh, tune in uh, when whenever that time that is. Uh, and I think the truck series is still on Fox Sport. Um, yep. And uh, tune in for Josh and uh, Zane as uh, Josh tries to get a win there and uh, get get a championship there. That'd be a pretty, pretty cool thing to do. Pretty cool. He's got a good driver. One of the few Fords that are in the field. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gosh, next year might that team might be one of the only Fords in the field after Mm -hmm. they announced the DGR is is changing to Toyota and taking all that that Kyle Busch sponsorship money. So or the the former Kyle Busch sponsorship money. So Mm -hmm. um, that would be big uh, for Ford to get a victory in the truck series when, you know, they just, they only got a handful, uh, less than a handful, I think of cars in the series, but they have one of the best drivers in Zane Smith. And obviously one of the best spotters on the spotter stand and Josh Williams. So mm-hmm. something to root for on, uh, on Friday for sure. Um, but yeah, beyond that, we're just looking at this, this, this weekend at Phoenix championships will be crowned in all three series. Um, the Xfinity series, I think has been excellent this year as far as the competition goes. Uh, product on the track it's actually probably had been mm-hmm. one of the best bracing products on the track consistently week to week um, do, you, do you do you want to talk about ty gibbs for a second we could we still have some time but um <laughs> i think i do like what um in the past day or so uh so obviously if people have been living under a rock uh, ty gibbs crashes his teammate uh, uh brandon jones who's 
you know, one of those guys that's not super flashy. He does pick up a handful, a couple of wins each year in the Xfinity series. He's a veteran mm-hmm. of the series at this point. Um, has been, I mean, he's not a guy that goes out there and wrecks other people or causes mm-hmm. trouble. Um, he is leaving Toyota and Joe Gibbs racing at the end of the season to go to the juggernaut that is junior motorsports and take over the nine car as Joe, as Noah Gregson's exiting um, was doing everything he needed to do to get in the Xfinity series championship Four was leading the race. He needed to win to get in uh, the 54 who is supposedly supposed to be his teammate. Who's an extremely aggressive driver um, said he wanted to go in and move him for the victory. Uh, didn't mean to crash him, but instead he, um, now I mentioned the, the cup cars, you need to really hit guys to move them in Martinsville. You don't really need to really hit guys to move them in the Xfinity series, but he gave him basically a cup bumper uh, to the 19, sent the 19 into the wall in the last lap. And uh, the 54 goes on to win. He's extremely unapologetic, but that's what, how Ty Gibbs is. Um, yeah. Is he taking over for, for, for uh, Kyle Bush? Now Kyle's leaving the, the program. It's is not it, official, but it will be. There's nobody else that's going to. Well, take that I mean, taking over in personality. Oh, well, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. You I mean, know, he's stepping in. He, he got out of the car and he's getting the crowd to boo him. And I was thinking, huge, to myself, yeah, he was waving it on, did a huge burnout. You know, I hate to say it, but behind the trailers, his grandfather should have grabbed him by the neck. <laughs> Because you ruined, there's a chance for two of those cars to be in the championship four. Two cars in the championship four instead of one. You could have had your teammate there. If you want to wreck him in the final race for the championship, yeah, more power to you. But to get to the championship, all he had to do was ride behind him and block for a lap or two. I mean, and you were already in. That's the thing that I kept asking everybody as as, yeah, he was already as in. everything was transpiring. Everybody's like yelling about what he did. And I wanted to know, was he in the playoffs already? Yes, he was. He, he was clinched winning. it in the stages. He clinched it in the stages. So there was no reason to win that race. None. And Joe Gibbs and his sponsors ought to be ticked off. It was Menards on the car this past weekend, and they've got a, they've got a good sponsorship with Menards in the, in the Xfinity series. Well, the Menard, I'm I'm assuming Menards is going to go with Jones because they've gone with Jones through his career. So yeah, and that's you know, <clears throat> and and they should because they're obviously there's no uh, nobody controlling what's going on over there. Um, somebody need to be in his ear and to tell him, hey, he needs the win. He needs the win. You're in. He needs the win. He's your teammate for however much longer that goes. And I, I was really ticked off about that part of it. It wasn't you know, just what he did. It was that he did it to his teammate. You can do it to somebody else, but now he's got a race against three junior motorsports cars, you know, and you, you betcha those three guys are going to work together and make sure that he's not in the mix the whole day. You know, they might race each other hard, but they see the 54 and the three of them will make sure the 54 doesn't get near the teammates so the comments made after the race uh brandon jones uh class act in all of his interviews he actually kind of not it's not really throwing shade but said he's looking forward to going to race for junior motorsports next year all three junior motorsports drivers came over um there's three teammates at least for next year all came over to Mm -hmm. you know shake his hand and i don't want to say console him because he wasn't didn't look overly emotional or anything but no Noah Gregson was asked uh, how he would have handled that situation. And he said um, something to the effect of Ty wouldn't be uh, celebrating in victory lane right now. If, if he had done that to him. Yeah. Um, 
uh, Joe Gibbs has come out and since said that there will be repercussions for what Ty did uh, internally. His father, who is an executive at uh, Ty, or um, uh, yeah, Ty Gibbs' father is an executive at uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, came out and said that this was very disappointing what he, what mm-hmm. his son decided to do. Mm-hmm. Um, here's one thing I want to mention is that um, Ty could have won that race heads up without doing that. Yeah, kid. I mean, people want to say the Silver Spoon. He only has a ride because of his grandfather. Um, he got a start there. The kid is an unbelievably talented. No but question. That, but that's the thing. Use your talent. Exactly. That's that's the problem. Should have used his talent. He He's didn't need good. to do what he did. He, he could have won the race heads up without dumping him. You, you, you're going to get those criticisms of, of the Silver Spoon thing um, for the for the rest of your career. No matter what. No matter what. So prove it in a manner of, of a race car driver. Don't prove it like by thinking you can get away with whatever you want because, because he's your grandfather. And that's, that's what that looked like to me. It's like, I can just do whatever I want out here. Um, you know, I got no repercussions and, um, you know, this is way too early in the career to act like that. You can act like that. If you win a championship or two, you can act like that. You know, when you've won 20 or 30 races in your career, um, but until you get to that point, you don't, you just don't. And I just, that's, what's so disappointing about the whole thing. You know, he went on some sort of r- r- rant and, uh, about, uh, oh, it was a religious thing. And I couldn't believe I heard that. I was like, what are you talking about, son? You know, you wrecked your teammate and you could have helped your teammate get into the championship four with you. And that's really what it comes down to. There was no reason to do what he did running, winning a race at that point you're, you know, you bigger picture. The bigger picture is what's going to happen the next week uh, at the championship four. And he didn't look at the big picture at all. Yeah. One thing I'll have to say, Ty Gibbs, 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had a lot of learning experiences that, you know, last year and this year, just a few weeks ago, a uh, big learning experience on the cup side, because he's been filling in for Kurt Busch. He um, doored somebody in retaliation on pit road, um, got a pretty decent fine and, and such for that. Um, he was also the one, I believe in, in the Arca series at Daytona in his first uh, super speedway race at Daytona. And there was a crash and he came out and said, uh, this isn't real racing and, you know, you know, you know, Daytona sucks, that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, he's had a lot of missteps along the way, super young kid though incredibly talented i think there's there's going to be time for him to learn some lessons but i do think he is going to be still a controversial driver going through the rest of his career and we need that we need that as long as things stay safe but we need it. yeah well i guess you need the villain you know wear the black hat i guess i mean you compare him compare him to to the 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 guy we like to follow you know would ryan have acted like who gets some of those silver i mean people don't believe it but yeah. get some silver spoon comments because of who his dad was and no i mean his dad obviously incredibly successful as a race car driver not necessarily you know a hall of famer in, in the cup series but mm-hmm. dave definitely was there to open some doors but quickly stepped away and let ryan take things over but ryan but, still gets but, that but but what bit. i was gonna, but i was gonna say compare how he acts completely different uh, even at that age go back to when ryan was that age there's a humbleness and an appreciation um, and a whole different approach. You know, do you remember when, when Ryan, uh, wrecked, uh, the Xfinity race at Darlington, you know, 
and how he acted afterward and how upset he was. And, you know, because he understood how hard it was to get to where he was. And he understood that, you know, you're not going to get a lot of chances at these things, you know, and um, yeah, totally different attitude. Um, You're right that people compare them and there's no comparison because it's a whole different ball game. Uh, Ty doesn't have to answer to almost anybody. And it's really kind of sad because um, if grandpa wasn't there, then what? what would have been the consequences? You know what I mean? If he was racing for just some other team, if junior motorsports, you know, what would Dale, and he wouldn't have done it in publicly mind no. you, but what would he do in private? You know, and Dale's be- had to Dale's had to sit Noah Gregson down mm-hmm. for, I mean, sure. if we're talking about people that so far have overcome some immaturity, you know, Gregson's a really good example of this. I mean, even though he did have his own yeah. uh, right rear hooking somebody this year, but yeah, yeah. Dale's talked about sitting him down privately mm-hmm. and, and talking so, about the consequences of things. So I yeah, think there's so. time for Ty to learn super young mm-hmm. kid. Mm-hmm. He needs what the biggest thing lesson I think he needs to learn is that he is so talented that he doesn't need to resort to actions like that to, to win races. So I would have thought that them putting him in the cup car this year would have humbled him a little bit too because he has not been setting the world on fire in that He's cup not. car, no. you know, and that cup car is prepared and ready to go every week. It's not like he's just in a back marker kind of car. Um, I mean, look what Bubba does with the car. Bubba finished top 10, you know, quietly. Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, you think it would humble him a little bit, but I guess not much yet. I guess next year when he goes full time, he'll get humbled a little bit. All right, Steve. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up this episode of the Team Laney podcast. I know we took up some chunks of time to talk about yeah, non Blaney related things, yeah. but it's been a crazy weekend. At all, I say that those incidents, the you know process thing, ties thing, they're big news things, and and we do like to delve into it. We, it's definitely good to have an opinion, um, whether you like it or not. You know, I mean, and people do, and that's that's a good thing. You know, let's let's keep the discussion going. Thank you, everyone, once again for tuning into this episode. If you'd like to learn more about myself or this guy, Steve, please listen to our very first episode that dives deep into our Blaney fandom. You can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter at Team Blaney and on Instagram at Team.Blaney. And finally, we'd like to encourage you to support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. This organization, championed by Ryan and his family, supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine. Find out more about the foundation online at RyanBlaneyFamilyFoundation.org or on any of their active social media channels. I do want to point out Alex Bowman coming back for the race at Phoenix was being treated through the UPMC Sports Medicine Program for his concussion. Ah, so I'm just going to point that out. But for my co-host Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the Team Blaney Podcast. Good night, Brussels. Good night, Dublin. Good night, Beijing. <laughs>